Let's get geared up for startup success. Join Josh as he interviews knowledgeable guests from all corners of the entrepreneurial world and gets the answers to the questions you've been asking. Get ready to learn something new on this episode of From Idea to Done. Hey, everyone. On this episode, I'd like to welcome our new guest, Josh Reedy. He's the founder and CEO of Airtonomy. Welcome, Josh. Hey, thank you, Josh. Always nice to have another Josh. <laughs> yes. Um, tell us a little bit about what Airtonomy is and, and really what problem uh, does it solve? Happy to do so. Airtonomy is a North Dakota company that uh, is in Grand Forks. And my co-founders and I have had a tremendous amount of experience with the drone industry, believing that there was a way to make drone use, especially in an enterprise scenario, in our case, energy, more acceptable and more usable by the masses. So what Airtonomy does that's very unique is we enable practically anyone to use drones with the push of a button, focusing specifically in the energy and utility industries. So if you think of linemen or technicians or even security guards, enabling them to use drones is just another tool, 21st century tool that they would carry around in their service vehicle. Not only with the push of a button can they operate the drones, Josh, but I think what makes it really unique is the rules that we create to operate drones autonomously you can actually apply to the analysis of the data as well. So not only do these individuals fly the drone, but with another push of the button, they're uploading the results and using artificial intelligence to extract um, more from that data and to push that to uh, organizations like operations or engineering or management so that it is an entire workflow that's automated. Cool. So <clears throat> dumb it down for somebody like me. If, if we're... If I'm uh, inspecting uh, um, uh, a wind turbine, for instance, what sort of data can I get out of that? What's the value for me as the company or the linesman? Yeah. So in the case of wind turbines, we generally use just RGB imagery or, or normal imagery. Um, in the case of oil tanks, you'd use uh, infrared in addition to that. Uh, so we really work with any sensor. What we're really focused on is understanding health of assets. And the reason this is gold to companies is because now they're not constrained to third-party ser service providers coming to do this once a year. They deploy their own staff with a, a modern tool to identify problems that exist right now. And based upon the asset type and the nature of the asset, we will outfit the drone with any type of sensor that's relevant. That could be infrared, that could be near infrared, that could be RGB. Uh, we also make extensive use of LIDARs as well. Okay. So really as a company, I can better control like if something is going out of, out of whack or out of control quicker versus you know whatever the regulatory agency says is that once per year check-in. Yes. If you think of mechanical or environmental issues, so I'll take wind turbines as an example. Lightning strikes are a cause that you should inspect immediately to make sure that the lightning protection system hasn't been disabled or there's structural damage. Um, you don't want to wait another year. you know. And we've literally had the case that we've done an inspection and days later there's a lightning strike. With our solution versus the industry, those technicians can go back out and have another inspection and they can compare that with the first to understand what there may have been in terms of damage or you know hopefully that there's nothing wrong whatsoever cool so how how did you find this was a problem like give us a little little journey um i, I find a lot of entrepreneurs yeah. 
will jump in and want to start building something. And we find out that the problem that you thought it was, was not really there. So help me understand um, how, how, you, how you came across this. Yeah, you know, that's a great question, Josh. And I think there's a, a lesson that we've learned and other entrepreneurs can learn is that from day one, we were fortunate enough to partner with XL Energy. So we listened to the industry and we listened to those with the problem. And in their case, the, the value proposition was straightforward. Um, if you think of Carfax for your automobile, they wanted to have a record of, of maintenance for assets. And if you think of the energy industry, you know, we're talking many, many millions to billions of dollars worth of assets. And they simply wanted to take best care of their assets. Mm -hmm. So we understood what that was, how you could apply drone technology to it. And quite frankly, Josh, what the standard was for the energy industry to inspect their assets, the frequency of it, what they're actually looking for. And a piece that was very apparent to us is they wanted to enable their own employees to use drones. And, and to this day, I applaud that. That was our big, hairy, audacious goal, but we have been able to enable anyone to fly drones with the push of a button, and that is a huge differentiator, and I give all the credit in the world to the industry. It, it does feel like, um, you know, up, up in Grand Forks, and uh, to give some context, that's the northern, northern end of uh, kind of North Dakota has really been um, instrumental in a lot of drones. I've seen a lot of drone companies, a lot of... Um, camera companies, a lot of stuff coming out of there. Can you talk a little bit about the ecosystem and, and how that's helped uh, you and Airtonomy kind of grow as a company? Yeah. You know, if I, if I think of for your listeners, the Red River Valley, and, I, and this isn't going to be accurate, but I start the Red River Valley to the south of Fargo, and I go north to Grand Forks. That is a tremendous ecosystem if you travel along the interstate. You have bookends of Grand Farm and Fargo and Grand Sky and Grand Forks. And in Grand Forks and the drone ecosystem, uh, give a little context, I believe the first unmanned aircraft systems uh, baccalaureate program was at the University of North Dakota and began in 2008. If you think about that, that's a very long time to be in, um, involved with aviation. And the University of North Dakota has a reputation of, of being you know, an industry leader in aviation education. In our particular case, our partners were the Aeros UND Aerospace Foundation. So we've been able to rely on that expertise as well as Grand Sky itself, which is a partnership with the, uh, the Grand Forks Air Force Base. So there's just a lot of, of unique uh, resources in Grand Forks. Would also like to mention the Northern Plains UAS test site, one of six FAA test sites in the United States as well. Um, I can't think of many ecosystems that are better than Grand Forks to give rise to a UAS software company. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. And I mean, it's, <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I've seen it and I'm not anywhere near to the industry of just, you know, how many companies have come out of that. So give, give our listeners a little uh, story of kind of what's been the journey so far for, for you and the company, um, you know, hi highlight any twists and turns and, you know, I, I look back at when I started Codelation 13 years ago, like I never thought I'd be in the place that I am. And I think, you know, that happens through, through some events and you kind of pivot and change. So, how, you know, you started off with the, the problem. How have you come to be the company you are today? Great question, Josh. And I appreciate the opportunity to talk about that because I think you hit the nail on the head. There are twists and turns. And what we thought when we started isn't necessarily what happens today and isn't indicative of the future. Um, I took a big chance. I quit my day job in 2018, 
knowing that I wanted to do something different and I could do something better. And frankly, at that time, I knew largely what I wanted to do, but I didn't have a plan. I didn't have partners, et cetera. So in my particular case, I went from basically August 1 through uh, 2019 building a, a plan. And I, I worked at the 701 co-working space. Uh, I became as involved as I could in the, the Fargo and the Grand Forks entrepreneurial scene. And that formative time, I think I, I would relate to anyone that if you have the opportunity to really invest yourself in it, it's not just coming up with a plan, but I think getting yourself ready as an entrepreneur, what that means to your family, what that means to your life, it's not to be taken lightly that, that if you're really going to make a success out of something, you have to give it your all and you have to understand what that means. In my particular case, um, we were absolutely blessed to encounter Microsoft and, and what they call their TechSpark program. Mm-hmm. Uh, T.S. Spellhog, um, you know, many others in that program um, were very, very thankful. Uh, it's Taya, Mike Egan, um, Kate Bankin, you know, Brad Smith, the president of Microsoft. Um, early on in our journey, we met TechSpark, and from that time, uh, they were formative for us, uh, being one of the first small businesses that, that they were able to invest in by virtue of a grant to the UND Aerospace Foundation. Um, we also had the community of Grand Forks, the EDC, and the city make an investment. So, again, quit my day job, and by January 1 or January of 2019, we had raised $400,000 that enabled us to really take the step forward. And... When I look back, Josh, $400,000 is one thing, but the relationships you're able to build is what really takes you further into that journey. And in our case, the strong ecosystem I made mention of, the entrepreneurial communities of Fargo and Grand Forks, um, many others along the way helped us move forward. So we took the dollars, um, the relationships that we had, and then really focused on meeting XL Energy's expectations. You know, from from day one, very customer centric and really pushing ourselves to meet those goals. And it wasn't something that was overnight. Um, in our particular journey, there were changes in hardware, drone hardware there is, and then there was the pandemic itself. And I would say the start of the pandemic was really a a a huge opportunity for us. And it may be odd to say an opportunity, but the pandemic really helped us focus our efforts. Our team continued to work together and, and focus what they did. And I think it was at that point we really took on the mentality of a, the little North Dakota startup that could. And we focused that. And that really drove us forward into today, which um, we were fortunate enough to uh, be accepted into the Genius New York program. We were fortunate enough to win that program. But if I look backwards and say what was formative, it was the commitment um, to running a business and the sacrifices that meant it was getting dollars in the door and having the right partners in our case xl energy microsoft the und aerospace foundation and then it was just great people and great support along the way and our journey was focused on the customer and their deliverables that that is kind of the theme that i think of when i think of autonomy looking back yeah that's that's great i mean so many people try to take an idea and hunker down, you know, in your office and just focus on this idea until it's perfect. And 
you know, it's so easy to get hung up on what you think is cool or what you think is needed. And I just, I love the fact that you said Excel Energy, a, a major um, uh, power co-op in the area said, we, we need to solve their problem because if we can solve it for them, we've got a customer, we've got a testimonial, we can go take that sales sheet to anyone else, mm-hmm. um, realizing that that money's a part of the piece, but it's all, all about those resources as we say, of time, money, and expertise, mm-hmm. and you need good people on your side. Um, money certainly helps, but if you if you don't know what direction you're pointing in, you're gonna you're gonna run out of money pretty quick and, and just in a bad spot. So, you you brought up a little bit of the the Genius New York event. Tell me a little bit about that was what that was and um, uh, kind of your your journey um, uh, to go into in, into that process and, and why that was attractive for you and the company. Yeah, happy to do so. And perhaps while I do that, Josh, to your earlier point, as an entrepreneur, it's sometimes scary to put those those thoughts that you have and that work that you have out in front of a customer, a potential customer. But I think you and I both know the sooner you do that, the better, because whether it's good feedback or bad feedback or something in between, unless you know that validation comes in many forms, and I don't think you can do that soon enough. And, and the reason I say that is that leads to genius. And, and before genius, our validation was Microsoft and it was the Aerospace Foundation and it was Excel. But North Dakota is a really awesome place when it comes to non-diluting funds. Mm-hmm. And we've been a benefactor of the Research North Dakota Program, the Renewable Energy Council and Lyft. And each one of those I considered as validations that really prepared us for Genius New York. And if you're not familiar with Genius New York, um, as my guess is many of your listeners may not be, uh, the world's preeminent um, technology accelerator and competition for drones. Um, Central New York uh, in Syracuse, uh, or Syracuse in particular, has an ecosystem that feels very much like Grand Forks. They're very much focused on technology and application of that technology to drones. They have a test site uh, for the FAA as well. In our case, it was a colleague of mine that that maybe you you met him, Josh, in your time at UND. Maybe you didn't, but Craig Garris Johnson uh, was an individual that had worked with us and had worked for um, arts and sciences as well. And he and his wife relocated to um, the upstate New York area. And one day, I got a message on LinkedIn that. He turned me on to this program and said, hey, you know, I, I followed you and it's one of those pay it forward that you were really good to me in my career and I wanted you to know about this. Uh, so he put me in touch with a colleague that we learned more about the program and we rolled up our sleeves and we applied to the program and we took that application very seriously. We put a lot of effort into it. Um, and the timing was such that all of the validation I spoke of earlier, I think really paid off that when we were able to get in front of this program, um, there was over 600 applicants from, I believe, 28 different countries. Um, That was narrowed down to 13. And we had to do another interview and kind of a second application process. And then we became one of five that was part of a roughly a three month uh, initial phase that that everyone works together. So we've been able to to know our, our colleagues and I don't think any of us really thought of it as truly a competition. And yet we had to stand up on stage and we had to pitch and we had to be prepared for that pitch. And lo and behold, we came out on top of that. Um, not just the first company to participate in Genius New York, but the first company from the Midwest 
uh, alone. And so we were very fortunate that they selected us into the program and as the winner of their, their competition. And that is still kind of um, residing within us today because it's continued to open doors for us. And we're very thankful for that. I, I can imagine. I can, I can only imagine the, oh, this would be cool if we could get in and seeing, okay, there's what you say, 600 people. And, oh, it would be cool just to get to this point. And I got a feeling it's right. kind of surreal of, holy smokes, we made it to this. And now we got in now. And now it's like, now you're, now you're at the, yeah. the showdown and, and, you know, <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, there's a million dollar check we held and I see that in, in to this day, that doesn't feel real, Josh, that we've come that far. But again, I go back to the questions you asked earlier. It's a testament to a journey and all the people that got us to where we're at. And boy, do I ever feel fortunate for, for that. And yet I look back and I also think we put our, put in our dues and there's a lot of people that help us get to that point in many ways we earned it. Um, but again, it, it also feels surreal to this day. You know, it's, it's the, uh, 10 years of hard work and you're an overnight success, you know? Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, how, do you have any idea of how much time it took to go and prep for like the genius pitch event or like give the listeners just some idea of what does that take to really do it right? Um, from you yeah. and from your team. It starts back to the application process. So first off, I would say we put in at least 20 or 30 hours of understanding the program that goes all the way back to Craig, who I gave the shout out to. We had to know if the program was right. They had some initial information sessions and we went back and we looked at prior pitches and looked at prior companies. So I would say at least 20 to 40 hours of just, are we going to do this? Are we prepared at that point? Um, I'll give my team credit. I would say that between the business plan that we, we put thoughtful consideration into and everything it took to be ready for an application, we probably put in another 40 to 80 hours, if not more, Josh, because we really put our best foot forward. We were very conscientious of the requirements and we, we made it look good. We made it sound good and we put a lot of thought into it. So at that point, I would say we're probably at anywhere from a minimum of 80 hours to twice that much. Um, and then we sat back and we waited. And when we were announced as one of 13, uh, we had to revise our materials and create a first pitch. And I would say we probably put in another 20 plus hours as a team to get ready for that. And after that, and we were accepted into the top five, um, there's a residency component in Syracuse. So I know myself or others on my team have spent the better part of, of over two months in Syracuse uh, participating and maximizing that effort. Um, you know, for your listeners, if you think of Y Combinator or Techstars or Plug and Play, generally there's a cohort of five companies, but it's about a three-month process. Mm -hmm. Genius New York is a 12-month residency, and we're very thankful for that. They give us a lot of time and attention to be successful. So we're about a little over three months into that. When it came down to the pitch itself, Josh, I will tell my listeners that was not for the faint of heart. I have never worked as hard on one thing as I had on that pitch, my brain just doesn't memorize very well. So you have the lights on you, you have all this pressure to win. And I would give myself a B minus performance and having to watch myself in a movie theater after the fact, I'd probably lower that to a C minus. Yep. It was certainly not my best take, but I can tell you the preparation was there. I'd give a shout out. Uh, they set us up with a pitch coach and then a gentleman by the name of Nathan Gold that comes from Silicon Valley. He's amazing of helping you tell your story as a company. So 
all of that effort uh, led to us winning, but I can tell you I've never prepared for this program or this opportunity like this in my lifetime. I, I, I've done a few pitches and nowhere near that, that level, but having like, I remember having to do a 15 minute pitch or something. And it's like, you get your timing down, you make sure, and then you practice. And it's like four hours a day of just going through that. Cause you get to 11 minutes and then you stumble and you're going in the wrong direction. And it's, exactly. it's the most frustrating thing. Cause anything can throw you off. I remember doing one that they, they held up a timer. I was a minute off of my pitch in my head. And it was like, it just went, down the tubes from there. So it's, <laughs> I think what, what you're saying is this isn't just put your pitch check together and fly out to, to Syracuse and get on stage. There's a lot no. of time that goes into it. There's a lot of time that goes into this, Josh. And in our case, think of it this way. It was a five minute pitch. Each minute was worth a hundred thousand dollars, you know, and in our case, that, that, that feels like a lot of pressure. Um, yeah. But I will say this, Josh, that if you follow the journey Shout out to Governor Burgum and, and the state who is trying to put pieces in place to make this an easier journey for others. But when I say easier, I do not want to misrepresent. It's hard being an entrepreneur. It's really hard. And being a technology startup, and I'll stress the word startup because there's a lot of lifestyle businesses and small businesses that I give all the credit in the world to. But if you really want to be that startup, uh, in our area, if you think of Bushel, you know, that that is a, a distinction and that is not a distinction for the faint of heart, because in many ways you have to reprogram your brain and and throw out everything you knew about small businesses and reprogram your brain to be a startup, because even the economics, the velocity okay. um, right now, we're in the process of, of finding a lead investor and raising a series A. And I can tell you that it feels like you're shifting your life and your business into overdrive. And, uh, you know, when you replace fuel, your gasoline with jet fuel, you get that kind of whiplash effect. And we're feeling that right now, but it feels like we're in the right time with the right product in the right place. And we'll see how it goes. Awesome. Yeah. I, that's, that's great to hear your guys' success and something you had talked about of kind of the lifestyle business and, you know, making an income for you and your family is different than, raising $10 million and having to exit at a hundred million dollars so your investors can get a return. So there's, there's different pressures on it. Um, not saying one's easier than the other, but, uh, it's, yeah, it's no. interesting. They're, they're different. I think is the yeah. way I would think of it, that they're, they're very much different right now, Josh, we've been fortunate. If we've crossed the $10 million fundraising threshold. Um, we're looking to more than double that when it comes to series a, and we're hopeful to have some good news that we can announce to the world in the coming you know, weeks and months with that. But it does shift it into overdrive. And when you start taking other people's money yep. is where for me personally, it feels like that, that, that responsibility to deliver becomes all the more real. Um, when I came back and we talked to our employees, we had a celebration, we popped the champagne. It was fun to pause and reflect on success. But I can tell you what happened next is you feel even more resolve and more determination to take that next step and to prove everyone right that, hey, thanks for having faith in me and we're going to deliver. Back to work. Back to work. Yes. Well, I'm, uh, if, you, if you're a fan of college football, if you've ever heard Nick Saban talk about the Alabama Crimson side, Tide, you know, I don't know about you, but when I watch him, 
he can win the biggest game and all he can think about is, well, we could have done this better and this better and this better. And the reason he does that is he has a bigger prize in mind. So a lot of times I feel myself guilty of we could have done this better and this better and this better. But if your ultimate prize is having a successful exit, either through an IPO or being acquired, that's what you got to focus on as a technology startup. And I can tell you that maybe when that day comes, it'll feel surreal again. But until that day, I wake up every morning thinking about how I'm going to get there. I, I think it was Nick Saban, too, of like, don't focus on the championship. Don't focus on the season. Don't focus on the game. Focus on the next play that's in front of you and just keep moving the ball forward. Exactly. Absolutely. What Wake up every morning and, and you have to almost be obsessive of not just what can the company do, but what can you do to improve every single day? And when you have enough of those days strung together is where you can look back and see that you've actually moved the needle substantially. And I, I don't know about you, but like every day for me in, in Codelation is it's, it's new rare air. I've never been in that place before. And so it's like you're constantly reinventing yourself and reading books and trying new things. Um, and it's, it's awesome and scary and all the emotions rolled up into one. And, you know, I, I, I think you just got to enjoy the journey because you're never, you're never, it's never complete. No, you, you are absolutely right. It's never complete. And I think if you're, if you're too hard on yourself, you're not afraid to, to dare and be different. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you being a technology startup and entrepreneur, I can look back and probably see as many mistakes as I, as I had success. But I can also tell you that every one of those mistakes taught a valuable lesson and you have to be afraid to, or not be afraid to make mistakes. You have to be able to put yourself out there and you just hope that you can, you know, step back and look at the ledger, the scale and see there's more positive than negative. In our case today, it feels like there's a lot more positive than negative. Yeah. It's, it's context and perspective. I I appreciate you, Josh, coming on the podcast uh, so much. How can the listeners, how can we help support you and Airtonomy uh, going forward? You know, that I appreciate you asking that. And here's what I would say, Josh. First off, thank you for having a podcast, talking about these things where we're from. If North Dakota wants to be a birthplace of more startups, I think we have to understand what that is, yeah. understand how we can support companies, and frankly, put it out there and have these conversations and inspire others to do that and give them the best possible path for success. And it is truly one of those pay it forward, help people when you can, and all I know is personally, I, I want to give back as much as I can because I hope to look back and see all kinds of others follow in our footsteps. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you so much coming on today. Thanks for your time and uh, look forward to our next chat. Sounds good. Thank you, Josh. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of From Idea to Done. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate it, and we'll catch you in the next episode.